0: Hi, I'm Rob. Tale number nine, found in a dream. I was living in Atlanta, Georgia. My friend Stevie and I were trying to write a movie together. I think it was a vampire movie. It wasn't very good. His family had a cabin just outside of Asheville, North Carolina, and some weekends we would drive up there to write. The cabin was very secluded, no cell phone coverage, and I think it's the last place I ever saw dial up internet, the perfect place to find peace and quiet to get some writing done. On one of these weekend getaways, one of Stevie's friends that lived in Asheville wanted to meet with us, and this was a friend who had expressed interest in possibly producing this vampire movie. So Stevie set up the meeting. The cabin was outside of Asheville, and it was about a 45-minute drive into the city. Right before we left the cabin for the meeting, Stevie started feeling really sick. And he was like, hey, I think you're going to have to go without me. I really did not want to do that, but he was sick. This was a time before phones that had GPSs on them, and I didn't have a GPS in my car, so before I left, I logged onto the dial-up, went on to MapQuest, and printed directions to Stevie's friend's house. I had never actually been into the city of Asheville. I sort of expected it to be like a small town since we were in the mountains, but it was a proper city. I made my way to Stevie's friend's house. Her name was Jill. She was very nice. I told her about our stupid vampire movie, she pretended to be interested, and then she started telling me about this local urban legend. This guy would break into people's houses, he would go into their guest bedrooms, and he would use them, he would sleep in them while people were in the house. He would leave before they woke up, but he wouldn't make the bed. So people would walk into these guest bedrooms and see that the beds weren't made and it would confuse them. And then one day, someone caught him sleeping in their house, and he confessed that he had been breaking into people's houses and doing this for years. And then all these people started coming forward after they heard his claims, saying they had guest bedrooms, and at some point in the past, they'd found the bed mysteriously unmade. Nobody knew why he did it. They came to call him the Phantom Sleeper, and it was just a crazy, frightening story, And Jill talked about it for hours, and I was really interested in it, and by the end of it, we both agreed that's what Stevie and I should be writing a movie about, not this stupid vampire thing. So by the time I leave, it's like two in the morning. I get in my car, I start driving, and then my phone rings, and it's a number I don't recognize, but I answer it, thinking it might be Jill, and it's Stevie calling from the landline in the cabin. And he asks me how the meeting went, and I'm like, it went really well. And I start to talk about the phantom sleeper. And I'm really excited about it, and I'm trying to tell him the whole thing. But really quickly, I realize I missed a turn or something, and I've gotten turned around. I'm lost. And I look for my directions, and I realize I must have taken them inside with my notebook when I met with Jill and left them there. So I had no directions. I tell Stevie I'm lost, and I need to turn around and go back and get my directions, but I can't even find my way back to Jill's. And I start... Freaking out a little bit. I'm in this city that I'm not familiar with, and it feels like I'm just going around in circles. And I come up to a red light, and Stevie says, Just calm down. What street are you on? And I tell him, What street are you about to cross? I tell him. He says, Turn left. So I do. And then I go for a while, and I get to another intersection, and I tell him the street names, and he tells me to keep going straight. And then I get to another intersection, and he tells me to turn right, then left. And then finally, I get to the main road that I had taken into town. And from there, I knew how to get back to the cabin. I said goodbye to Stevie because I wanted to focus on my drive and not get lost again. It was like 4 a.m. before I got back to the cabin. Stevie was asleep. I was exhausted and went to bed. I woke up at about 11 a.m. to the smell of breakfast cooking. I head to the kitchen And Stevie has made these really elaborate breakfast sandwiches. An everything bagel, a fried egg, avocado, and smoked cheddar cheese. He hands me my sandwich. He has one. We sit down, and he asks me how the meeting went last night. And I'm like, it went well. And then he says, you make it back okay? And I said, yeah, thanks to you. And he kind of looks at me weird, and he says, what do you mean? And I said, well, I was lost, you know, but you called me and, and he kind of nods. And then he says, what did you and Jill talk about? And I say, well, that phantom sleeper thing. And he just sort of nods again. And finally I say, do you not remember talking to me last night? And he's like, no, I don't. So I tell him exactly what happened and his eyes get kind of big and I'm like, what? And he's like, I do not know my way around Asheville. He says, there's no way that I was able to direct you back. If you just dropped me into the situation you just described, where I was lost and alone at 2 a.m., I would have had no idea where to go. Like, I could not name a single street in Asheville. And I say, well, you know, you don't remember even talking to me, so maybe you were on the internet and you are just talking me back that way. And then he reminded me that he was on the landline calling me, and all we had was dial-up, so he couldn't have been on the internet. And then I say, Well, maybe you were using a map. And he says, Maybe. And he asks me if it sounded like he was using a map. And I was like, No, it sounded like it was just coming right off the top of your head. You knew right where I was, like you used to live there or something. He sighed and he looked down and he took a deep breath and he said, Can I talk to you about something? And I'm like, Sure. He's like, This is not the first weird thing that's happened. A couple months ago, I really started suffering from insomnia, so I went to the doctor, and he prescribed me these sleeping pills, and they sort of seemed like they were working, but then some weird things started happening. Like one morning, when I went and got in my car to go to work, there was all this fast food garbage, and I had obviously gone out the night before and driven around and gotten a bunch of food and eaten it, I had no memory of it. I was like, yeah... I actually think night eating is a thing that happens with sleeping pills sometimes. He's like, well, then this other thing happened. I woke up and I went to my computer and I found this email in my drafts and it was to my girlfriend. And it was this long email about how we needed to break up. And I listed all these really specific little nitpicky things like times she hadn't paid me back when I would bought her dinner, like weird things that I do not remember. And I don't want to break up with my girlfriend. It's not something I was really thinking about. Stevie was deeply disturbed by what was going on. And understandably so. It was almost like there was another consciousness living within him that he had no way to access. And on top of that, there were these memories and desires and thoughts that were apparently also hidden away somewhere in his mind. He was scared. We talked more about the night before to try and figure out how he could have known the route I needed to take to get back to the main road. He had never lived in Asheville, but as a kid, he spent a lot of time in Asheville. And much of that time, it was in the backseat of his dad's car, riding around going places. So, maybe somehow, he had old memories of riding around with his dad in Asheville. And while under the influence of the sleeping pills, he was able to access those memories and use that information. As I say that, it sounds pretty crazy, but we couldn't come up with anything else. It is, of course, possible he found a map or a GPS that we couldn't find the next morning. It was a strange incident, and Stevie and I don't talk much anymore, but whenever we do, that usually comes up. So, anyway, we decided to end that trip early and head back to Atlanta. He saw his doctor first thing Monday morning. He never took that sleeping pill again, and as far as I know, he never had any more incidents. We did end up abandoning our vampire script and started writing one based on the urban legend that Jill had told me about, The Phantom Sleeper. After many, many weekend writing retreats, we finished the script. We presented it to Jill, and she really tore it apart. She didn't like it at all. Looking over it now, it's pretty dumb. Not quite as dumb as the vampire script, but pretty dumb. So nothing ever came of that project. But it was fun going to a cabin and working on it with my friend. Rob Tells Tales is produced by me, Rob Tiffin. I had some additional editing help from Ben Lamb. The cover art is by Marcella Johnson. She also came up with the title. The end credits music is by Poddington Bear. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and at Robtellstales.com. This podcast would have not been possible without Ben, Marcella, and Melanie. Thank you, and thanks for listening.